A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to another Legends podcast here on Eurosport. I'm Mats Bilander. And I am joined by uh, Alex Correcha, former great uh, Spanish uh, top two in the world tennis player, and also Matteo Berrettini, uh, up and coming star. Uh, obviously, made the semifinals at the US Open. Unbelievably good tournament. The best forehand in the game, I think. Um, so, wow. thank you guys for joining me. <laughs> thank you, Matteo. Uh, thank you, Alex. Uh, we're going to sure. start, Alex, with you because you are older. That's oh. the only reason. <laughs> okay. What is the situation in Spain, Alex? What's, we know that Spain has had some serious problems with this corona. What's the situation? Sure. Well, thank you, Matt uh, and Matteo. Of course, for me, it's also a pleasure being with you guys. Uh, well, the situation is getting better. Uh, it's been so bad. Uh, we had nearly 30,000 people passed away already and still so many people infected. But uh, little by little, we are improving and things are going, you know, better. And the cities are also, uh, you know, open up a little bit more restaurants and more uh, different shops and etc. So people understand the situation. We've been home. I've been home uh, for the last 80 days already. So I'm just hoping to, to move forward, actually. Mm. Uh, yeah, thank you, Alex. Yeah, and uh, Matteo, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, I, I, obviously, Italy has had a, a pretty uh, hard times as well. Where are you and, and what's the situation where, where you are? Hey, guys. First of all, thanks for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure, as always, uh, to great legends of my sport. So thank you again. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm right now. I'm in Florida, and I've been here for the whole like lockdown period for the quarantine since. I, I mean, I came here for Indian Wells, and wow. And then I was kind of we decided with my team to be here was the best place for me to spend this period. Uh, I have my family in Italy. My grandparents, uh, fortunately, luckily they they are fine. They're healthy. The situation in Italy was bad, especially in the north but they decided to shut down everything the whole country and now it's getting better like in spain unfortunately we had a lot of you know deaths but uh, it's crazy what will happen but we are a strong country we are we are we're strong we're gonna get better we're gonna be stronger and we have to think uh, like about the future now yeah um, matteo i'm interested in obviously um this is reality, this is very serious. And then we have a job as a tennis player. And uh, it's very serious, we, we do our best. Tennis is great for, for uh, the world in terms of 
uh, bringing forward great people like Arthur Ashe, Billie Jean King, some unbelievable people have come through tennis. For you, what does this make tennis? Is it, is it make tennis less serious or how do you relate to this as a professional athlete? Obviously, in, in this moment in our like world, there are more important things, you know, like than tennis. Uh, this situation is about like <laughs> fighting for life. So we cannot even compare. But what we can do as athletes, we can we can show them what we can do to get better, to to fight, because we are used to fight every time. Every time we we go on the court, we go for an next tournament. We are fighting. We are fighting against the opponent against our fears against the physical problems they are not that bad but still they have so we can show them maybe a little bit the way you know to get better and we can show them and tell them how we normally fight against these things and uh, it's tough i i have to recognize that i'm lucky for the situation that i am now uh, for my uh, i'm not struggling <laughs> about the economy like i i don't have problems about money or stuff i I've been here in Florida and the situation wasn't that bad. I didn't lose any any part of like on my family. I mean, so I, I'm really lucky for what happened for me and I, and I really, I mean, I'm really happy for for this, but at the same time, I'm ready to fight, to help, to mm. to figure out what's the best to, to get over this tough situation. Alex, um, I want to ask you, because we're obviously talking about uh, how the tour is going to look when we come back, mm -hmm. when should it start and so on. Um, wh what's the most important here for, for our sport and, and for the world? Is it to have uh, players like Matteo uh, and Novak and Roger and Rafat be at 100% when they come back? Or is it just important to get back as soon as possible to show uh, the world that we're back, we're working, we're fighting? Where, where do you stand on how quickly we should start the tour, Alex? Well, in, in my opinion, definitely we need to give a little bit of time to the players to prepare themselves. But as soon as we can, I think it, it will be great to be back because, uh, okay, maybe you won't feel at your best, maybe you will say, oh, my feelings on the ball are not so good. Maybe physically, uh, physically, I feel like my legs are not quick enough. But who cares? Uh, we don't care about that anymore. I think we are human beings. And as Mateo said, we are privileged. We are lucky that we are doing a sport that we love. And we, we need to give a little bit of time. Of course, I won't say no. Give 10 days the guys and bring them on to play tennis again because that would be also risk considering mm -hmm. injuries and all this stuff. But knowing that they're going to have at least a couple of months, it's more than enough. And as soon as we can, in my opinion, we should get as many tournaments as we can. I don't care if it's one big event against another on clay, on hard courts, indoors, whatever they can put together. For me, it would be more than welcome. Mm. Yeah, Alex, um, I was going to tell you that... Uh... We always talk about the old style and you have to serve in volley sometimes and in doubles you have to come for. You and I are teaming up here against the hardest, best forehand in the world. First yes. of all, yes, would you serve in volley against Matteo? And if you would, please, you go ahead, Give him, ask him a question. But can you imagine okay. standing at the net for that forehand? No. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know about you, Matt, but I would have paid a lot of money to have Mateo's forehand, for sure. 
I will dream about that forehand at least one match in my life. Only that forehand during the French Open Roland Garros final against Guga would have been enough probably to beat him. But uh, I would serve and volleys from times, yes, maybe open up to his forehand on the due side and then find his backhand. Or at some point doing a little bit of kick out to his backhand. I know he's very tall. But to make him feel a little bit uncomfortable, of course, and for sure try to play a slice down to his backhand. Not give him time to go around with his forehand, Mateo, because I know that you are very quick. <laughs> well, Alex, why don't, you, why don't you throw a question to, uh, towards Mateo? Why don't you chip and charge to his backhand then? Do something. Okay, so Mateo, if you will have to play a guy like in the 80s that we play slower, but we had more patience and we play a little bit more tactically, would you like it better or would you rather be on your moment now where everybody plays so fast but probably tactically they don't care as much? Uh, this is a tough question. Uh, I, the, the thing is, when, when I was younger, I wasn't playing like I'm playing now. You know, like oh. I was, I, I grew up on clay and actually Vincenzo, my coach, was kind of pushing me to play more aggressive because he, he saw that I was growing a lot. My height was like I was growing and he said like, you're going to serve like fast. You're going to play like, fast forehand you have to step in in the court and you have to make them run you don't have to run so I actually like to play that way but like more tactic you know slicing using yeah. the spin a little bit more uh, changing directions and stuff but at the same time I build my body to be different kind of player so mentally probably would do it but physically I'm not that ready to really that much you know, Matteo, that is so interesting, I swear, because we always run into these problems in tennis where, uh, if you remember the great Andy Roddick, Andy Roddick, unbelievable, best serve maybe of all time, great forehand. And he was a little bit too defensive, we always thought. But then you're bringing up a great point because is tennis about liking how you play because that's more fun? Or is it about playing the most effective way because it's the only chance I have? When you played the U.S. Open last year, I mean, that to me, tennis, is so interesting, so fun. Uh, and it looked like you are really enjoying yourself. Did you have to push yourself at the U.S. Open to be more aggressive or is that you? Uh, it's, this is a really nice question because I think you have to find the balance between what yeah. you like to do and what is most effective. I, I, I can like, I, I don't know, like uh, I would like to play like four meters behind the ba baseline and just running like that. Because <laughs> yeah, you yeah, feel yeah. Fighting, Alex, no? Alex, you and me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't know, like uh, guys, I, I grew up on clay. So yeah. I was, you know, when the, your socks are getting dirty, you feel you're fighting more. I don't know why. Like when the rallies are long, like you're feeling like really it is a fight. And yeah. I, sometimes I like to play like that, but I feel like I, I see that it's not my play, it's not my game. So I have to adjust a little bit. And and what I'm doing now is what I like. So like playing aggressive, using a drop shot, going to the net where I can with my forehand, serving big. And this is what I like to do and what I'm, we build with Vincenzo during these years. And what, I, what I'm trying to do, what I was trying to do, and then there was this lockdown, but I was trying to do uh, I just tend to be even more aggressive. So going to the net even more, going because I like to play volleys, I like to be aggressive, and obviously it's important to to work on the defense. But the 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 player that I am now, it's important for me to to try to win the point with my weapons.
Yeah. And and considering that you grew up on clay as as I did, uh, and we have a little bit more like the mentality of being a little bit backwards and hitting so many balls, uh, your best Grand Slams, it came at the US Open. But when did you figure out that you were ready to achieve that kind of tournament and to play it well as you did in New York? Because you've been playing very well in smaller tournaments, let's say. And then all of a sudden you were ready to, to be the best uh, at New York. Uh, I think it all started when I was 19, 20. And with Vincenzo, we knew that my best surface was clay. And Vincenzo said, okay, Matteo, but you're almost two meters. You're serving big. So you have to be able to play good on hard court. So mm -hmm. we decided to play 75% of my, my tournaments on of my matches on a hard court, even though it wasn't my best surface. And when I was playing future challenger, he said, okay, we have to invest now because now is the moment. And I know you don't like it. Probably you're going to end your, like your, your ranking is going to be better if you play just on clay. But then when you're going to be like on the ATP tour, then you're going to struggle more. So we invest in that moment and, and nothing day by day, year by year, you know, matches by matches, you know, better than me guys. Like you just, uh, you do more experiences. You, you lose matches and you figure it out. Like the, the year before I lost first round in US Open, I was like, okay, I don't like this tournament. I don't like the conditions here. <laughs> I, I really like, would like to play on clay. I need more time. But then I, I improve physically also. I improve like my movement and obviously my serve. All the things that year by year, days by days you put in. And at the end, I was feeling, I was feeling great. I was feeling that I had enough time to to run, I mean to play my forehand I, I my serve was paying off a lot and my slice was really effective because the surface was was fast but not that much so uh, gives me it gives me time you know and for me it's important yeah uh, Mathieu, obviously you use or um, well, I've read this uh, you kind of started a little bit late to come on tour or at least for us. Uh, where we started to get to know you. When I see you play, I'm like, what are you talking about? He wasn't that good three years ago. So anyway, uh, you started at the US Open. So you were on a roll. Now that there's been a break, what, what is it uh, that is the easiest for you to practice on? And which part is it mental? What's the hardest thing with not knowing when you're starting and not knowing uh, on what surface, where are you going to play? What's the hardest thing to practice um, for you? Uh, yeah, for me, it was for sure was mentally. It was like uh, I had the, actually last year, the beginning of last year, tough times, especially in the American Swing, Indian Wells, Miami, even though I won Phoenix. But I wasn't really mentally like really good. Um, I was struggling because I... Uh, I wasn't really enjoying what I was doing and wow. for me it was always like that since I was a kid like I was playing and I was dreaming to play these kind of tournaments because I really liked sport I really loved the sport and for me going like to play in the center court in Indian Wells and not having fun like not being happy to be there was a big deal and yeah. I have to figure it out there are I mean I can talk for two hours but the, the main mm -hmm. thing was like accepting what I, I was in that moment and accepting yeah. that is normal sometimes like you're on the tour for years months and it's normal that you have up and down and you have to accept your ups and your downs and and was fine but uh i didn't have like so much that much experience to to figure out this thing early you know because i mean two years ago i was playing challenges 
So yeah. I was also, everything was so fast that I couldn't even like realize what I was doing. So with my coach, my mental coach, we, we work on it. We said, okay, Matteo, don't worry. Like if you're playing bad, if you're not enjoying it, it's fine. It's part of the process. It's part of your life, the, your human being. Um, I'm sure that you're gonna like find a way to enjoy again, to, to be happy with what you're, what you're doing. And in the end, I started with Budapest last year. And since then, I, I found something in, in myself and everything was kind of, I mean, not easier because every match is a fight, but mentally was was easier. Mm. Oh, it's very interesting. Because you know what? I think it's very important. I don't know, Matt, for sure you agree with that. But uh, that when you say to someone like in your team, okay, I'm not enjoying, and they go and say, it's fine, don't worry, I understand you. Because what it gets me a little bit crazy is when sometimes we go out and say we're not enjoying and they go, oh, you have to have fun, you're making so much money. It's not only a matter of that. And, and that's why I believe for you, as you've been talking now, you mentioned your mental coach, you mentioned Vicenzo several times already. That means that for you, your team is basic for you to, to continue developing and growing, which is very grateful. I'm a little bit sad sometimes when I see players that they're not grateful to their teams because they also make a big effort. Uh, I mean, it's always about the, one, uh, the, the, the people that you surround yourself with. Um, that's for sure. Uh, what's happened in Italy, Matteo? Alex and I have been playing tennis for a long time. And when I grew up, there was Adriano, there was Corrado Barazzutti, and then there was Paolo Cane. Oh, uh, and then there was not much there was not much and now we have you Fognini, Yannick Sinner the interest in tennis in Italy what is it the second biggest sport after football why what's what is up with Italy and tennis it's it's crazy it's crazy what's happening because I mean I I grew up in, in this period where like there were players, good players, but not as good like we are now. So I, I really believe that we are helping each other. Like we are pushing each other, you know, like Fabio is winning Monte Carlo, then the next week someone is doing great, great results. Marco Cecchinato did the same is in, in Roland Garros, then the next week like someone was winning an ATP, then I was doing semis, then, you know, like we are, we are helping yeah. each other. The thing that we realized, I think, was like, but I normally I'm practicing with that guy and that guy win an ATP. Like why I cannot win an ATP. So we kind of, you know, like say to ourselves, like we can do what, because I mean, we're practicing sometimes we're winning, sometimes we're losing. So it's all about being there and believing what you're doing. Because sometimes when you, especially when you're young, you say, okay, but I mean, quarterfinals and ATP, like maybe it's fine, you know, like it's, it's good, but no, for us wasn't enough. We want to do better and we are helping ourselves in a way that is really helpful for for us and for the crowd, for the Italian crowd, for everyone. Of course, of course, you had uh, Flavia Panetta, Francesca Schiavone. I mean, your women were were just incredible. So, is it is it the same kind of um, crazy thing about women's tennis as it is for men's tennis in Italy? Just tennis is a big. Sport. I mean, we we had like in the last years like four top top five almost. Yeah. Four top ten for sure. So it was crazy, and they won so much. They won several uh, Fed Cups. We they won slams, finals in slams. Uh, Sara Rani did finals in Rangaros in Rome. I mean, it's it's crazy. The career slam in, in doubles. 
So great, great results for them. And I think, I mean, I didn't ask them, but I heard that they were helping each other in that way, you know, like they were competitive, all of them. And they yeah. were pushing each other. They were practicing together. They were like, okay, you won in your walls. I'm going to show you that I'm going to do final maybe in, in uh, Roland Garros. And this is something that I think you really need as Djokovic, Nadal and Roger, they're helping each other because someone is winning there. The other one is winning the other tournament and they're helping each other to find motivation and to be inspired for, for a long time. Yeah. Well, well, it's been. I was always, you know, I loved playing in, in Rome for Italico. And well, we forgot Andrea Gaudenzi, by the way, which is the CEO from the ATP now. When I was growing you up, I not forget him now. <laughs> no, Andrea has to be there for sure. Uh, also, great player, very tough one, hard worker. But uh, did you feel like after the US Open last year, you become someone very, let's say, important in Italy? And is it difficult to deal, even if for sure you're grateful that people are coming up to you, but uh, knowing a little bit the, the Italian fans, which sometimes they are very enthusiastic and like this, is it difficult for you to, to deal with this kind of different situation? Uh, I wouldn't say that it's difficult, but for sure it's different. Like, uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't used to it. Uh, I, I live in Monte Carlo, so it's a little bit different. I sometimes I go to Rome, but not that often to meet my family, to see my family. But uh, yeah, you feel you start to feel not the pressure because it's not pressure, but you start to feel that they're talking about you. Like they're, you know, like everything that you're saying, everything that you're doing, it's like kind of they're doing, they're saying what, what you said. They're, they're writing, they're talking about you. And, it, and it's nice because, I mean, uh, I work so hard to be, to be in this place and it's important that they they figured out what's what I'm saying, what I'm thinking, what how I'm playing, what's up with me, and what's what's wrong. So, uh, was nice. Was the end of the last year was was a dream came true after U.S. Open. Everything went so fast. I I, I remember so many. Sometimes I even like forget uh, about some matches because I played so much and. You know, when you're in the tour, you just have to, you cannot stop. You cannot stop thinking. You have to play. You can go on. You have to, you have another tournament. You have another week. You have to think about the next tournament. So, was really nice. It was the first year that was like this for me, and ended in the the best, best way possible because I played the finals in in London. And this year, fortunately, I was I was injured at the beginning of the year. I was injured in the middle of the year, then the lockdown. So, uh, I didn't really have the chance to play and to like to step in the court and and show first of all to myself that what I did last year was was good and was actually something that I deserved but but it's nice it's nice and I really was really tough for me not not like not playing Rome with the crowd you know because I mean normally for all Italians it's a special tournament especially when you're having like a special uh, end of the season, you cannot wait to play there because everyone is waiting for you. So I was, I was excited and I was really sorry when the tournament got moved. Yeah. Um, you, uh, you talk a lot about um, working hard and having a serious attitude. Uh, there's a lot of players on tour that make up uh, the ATP tour and the WTA tour and Dominic team 
came out and said uh, about the player relief fund. And you don't have to even answer if you don't want to, but I know that you have an opinion about that and you thought something that the International Tennis Federation and the tournaments should help the other players rather than the players. Would you want to explain just what, where you stand with the player relief fund? I, it's, a compli it's complicated. It's not just yeah. that easy for me. Um, sure. I, I know that my words can... Can can be read read in a way that it's it's bad or, but I don't want to be the kind of guy. I'm I'm just no, saying sure. that I know, that I know really well, like how these players are struggling because my brother is 500 in the world, so I know yeah. the reality. I've been there not for a long time, luckily, but I've been there. I know, and I'm helping him. I'm I'm trying to help him as as much as I can, and yeah. I just said that in this stuff moments for me my priority is not help is not helping like tennis players but i yeah. would rather help other stuff then you can say like i said like i read you can help both yeah well, maybe i can help no it's it's about me it's, okay. it's not mandatory it's not something that i must do it's something that i feel to do and now my feelings and what i would like to do and what i'm doing is helping other situations mm. and and this is this is all but um uh, as as we know like you can take my words out of the contest and you can say that i'm i don't i don't lie i don't know i don't like tennis players i don't like uh help people but it's not true it just i no. i pick to to help certain stuff and this is my my decision yeah matteo i am gonna say it then i agree with you 100 percent I think that we should all help the people that need the help. And unfortunately, tennis players do not fall into the category right now of people that need help. Um, I think that we should help with face masks and hospitals. And I agree with you 100%. Um, we uh, uh, have heard Sasha Zverev, Matteo, has come out and said something uh, that he thought that this break is going to benefit the players that have more experience, like Roger and Rafa and Novak. Um, dare I disagree? I kind of feel like, whoa, if I was a young player, I would be so strong coming back. It's easy to say for us now, of course. Um, <laughs> what, what do you think this, this break does to uh, players and who is going to benefit from it? Roger Federer, he's one year older nearly when we start again. Who's going to benefit? Oh, I really, I really don't know who's gonna benefit <laughs> more. But uh, the only thing that I know is like they they had a long career and they've been like through injuries, serious yeah. injuries, and they came back stronger than before. So they have this kind of experience. So yeah. they can maybe they could use this time in the same way. So maybe they, when they're gonna come back, they are gonna feel like in the same way. And they did unbelievable, like. Federer after surgery, he didn't play for a long time. He won Australian Open, I remember. Uh, Rafa, same thing. Uh, Novak, unbelievable. He knew well, I remember he wasn't really feeling well. And then he didn't lose a match for <laughs> six months. So they know how to come back after this and they have more experience. But at the same time, like you said, they're going to, I don't want to say they're going to be older, but we, we are stronger now. We are younger. Yeah. So we, we have, we could use, like I tried, this this period to to get better to feel better to be 
more ready for what we are uh, we are going to do and i think it's all about how you approach the thing like if you think that the, the other guy the other side of the net it's like he's gonna have more weapons i think it's not true it depends what what you did what you've been doing this, during this moment and for sure i'm feeling that i improved certain stuff so this is what what i thought during this period and these these days, how many hours are you practicing now that I believe you can go out and pretty much do your stuff to be ready when the tour is coming? Yeah, we we I spoke with my team and we were like, okay, it's important to 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 not stop what I'm doing. Like you know, like you cannot uh, you cannot not play for one month. You're gonna get injured after you came back. But at the same time, you can you cannot be burnout like you cannot practice yeah. too much because then you're gonna when the tour is gonna come back then Overcooked. you're gonna be yeah yeah. yeah yeah you're gonna feel tired or something so now i'm i'm doing like tennis in the morning and fitness in the afternoon and during the lockdown i was doing one day one day tennis and the, the day after i was doing fitness now i, I increase a little bit i'm doing more but it's not something that is I'm not feeling heavy about doing that. I'm not feeling like at the end of the week I'm tired. Like I, I, it's normal, but it's also something that I I like to to feel. Like I like to practice. I like to work hard, to work out, to sweating. So it's something that I like. So it's I'm not I'm feeling worse if I'm not doing anything. So for me, it wasn't that tough. Yeah, Matteo, I have to ask you uh, about <clears throat> your attitude because your attitude uh, is incredibly good. Okay, during the US Open, it's very, no, unbelievable. Uh, on the outside, I don't know on the inside. That's, you know what you are like on the inside. <laughs> so I'd interviewed uh, Fabio uh, Fognini in Wimbledon one year, and he was playing on uh, court 18. And he was talking to Franco Davin at the time between points, and he was laughing, and he won in the end. I said, Fabio, you have to tell me, please, what do you say to your coach? How come you are laughing at two sets to two sets all three, two in the fifth set? You are laughing when he says, uh, <laughs> well, uh, it's an Italian comedy. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, OK. So that's an Italian. For you, I watch you and the stereotype uh, Italian behavior is not like you to me. You're very controlled, but you're very positive, uh, which is part of the reasons why you are so good and so dangerous. Is it hard for you to, to be like that? Is it something you work on? Or is it coming from Italian culture or from your family? This is something that it's not easy at all. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if you know about the story when I was 14 and I started working with Vincenzo. He used to call me the radio because I was talking every point. What Fabio was doing, what Fabio was doing at three two in the fifth. I was doing since the first point until the until the end of the match. So he said, okay, Matteo, I, "Yeah, I don't know if you're gonna be a tennis player, professional tennis player, but I know for sure that if you're gonna be like this, you're not gonna be able to play at that level because this is Great. too important." So for me, it was the toughest part. Like, yeah, forehand, physically, movement, stuff like workout. Uh, serve but the toughest part for me was this one and I realized how important it was and still sometimes I'm I'm falling like a little bit I'm talking but I'm really trying to because I know that it's really important it's like without that I'm not I'm half of the player that I am now so I invest a lot of times a lot of energy in this in this thing 
and we Vincenzo we really believe in, in this part of of the game and and it's really nice that you notice that that it, because it makes me feel makes me feel good because it's something that I work hard so like I work hard since uh, since I was 14 and it didn't come easily it wasn't something that I said okay one day I woke up and I was like okay now I do like this it was was tough and but you know how it's important like seeing always Vincenzo is always seeing like seeing the glass always half uh, full no like yeah. everything that is happening if we think about like the same is with Monfils I served for the match and I did double fold and I, I, I laughed and I laughed and I was ready to play the next point because because in that moment if you start to complain then there is no chance you're gonna win the match there is no yeah. chance and uh and so I, I said to myself, put yourself in the best situation as possible. You can, like, you have to be there. Even though you had chances, even though you had maybe the biggest chance of your career so far, you have to be ready for the next point. And mm -hmm. that's what I tried to do. It's not always working, but in, I was lucky. Yeah, I was maybe good enough. No, no, it's working. Yeah. Alex, I need to ask you a question uh, because sure. I find, and I'm, I'm not sure if you find the same, but I find, Alex, that... With Matteo here, with Stefanos, uh, with Denis Shapovalov, who <laughs> loves playing, loves fighting. Felix Auger Aliasim, same thing, great attitude. A uh, lot of the young players coming up, and Matteo, you are still young, have this <laughs> amazing, good attitude. It's like a combination of Rafa Nadal and Roger Federer in the attitude, in the strokes they are using, one-handed backhand on Stefano. What, do you think that Novak and Roger and Rafa have affected uh, the young generation that's playing now? Or is it just the culture of coaching that have made Matteo, for example, realize I have to be quiet on the court because it's good for me as a professional, Alex? Well, I think it's a, a mixed combination. For sure, the big example of these guys, uh, you know, growing up watching these big stars, for sure they need to help them because yeah. you always go and for sure your coach used to tell you like, look, look how he does it. And look, he's not complaining. And he missed this match point. And look, he didn't even say a word. That helps you to realize that you cannot be just talking like a radio like Matteo used to be. <laughs> and also, exactly. And, and also, I'm, I'm very happy and pleased that he said that because... I hate when people or players are going like, oh, this is how I am. Uh, this is uh, what am I going to do? Like, if you cannot practice that, you can practice your backhand, your forehand, your physical condition, but also your attitude and your mental game. And mm -hmm. in my opinion, why Mateo or Stefanos or the other guys are doing better is because they are unbelievable athletes, very talented, but they are more mature and they are more ready. And because at the end of the day, I'm not so sure, Mats, but you were like an amazing player. But I'm not sure if you had the best forehand in the world and you won eight or whatever slams or seven, I don't care. And you, you know, and that's because your mind was working very well, you know. And that's what I'm happy to hear that Matteo is working on that. So you can work on that. It's like yeah. a message for people. I know it might become a tougher tour if, if you bring some ideas to the opponents, but I think it's very nice. Because this is human being, we need we need to improve things. Yeah, yeah, um, Matteo. Because we're talking about young players, uh, obviously Yannick Sinner. I'm I'm assuming that you know him very well. 
uh, that you practice with him sometimes. What, where do you, because to us, maybe he is the most promising of the young players. Felix Auger Aliasim is very young still, but Yannick and you, Davis Cup with Fabio, uh, Marco Cecchinato. I mean, what's Italy's future going to look like? And is Davis Cup uh, or the ATP Cup playing for your country as important as the Grand Slams? Uh, like I was saying before, it's really nice for the country, for the team in general. Yannick, it's a, such a nice guy. I had the chance to practice with him in Monaco a couple of times. Um, and I, I mean, I spoke with him a little bit and you immediately realize how he's really, what he's, Alex was saying, he is really mature. Like he's, yeah. yeah, his weapons are great. He's back and it's unbelievable. He's returning really well. He's hitting strong. But I think the his best weapon is here. Like he's really, if you see him, he has like a goal. He has like, before he's stepping in the court, he knows what he has to do. And no matter what is going to happen, he's going to do it. He's going to be tough. He's going to be ready. And this is something that is really difficult to see in such a young guy. So this is his best weapon. And I mean, he's then, of course, you have to have skills like everybody does. But I think that he's he's going to have a bright future ahead. And hopefully we're going to have a great team in, in the future. And hopefully we can do great results. Mm. Yeah. Um, guys, I'm going to, Alex, I'm going to let you guys go, but I'm going to just say something because I saw, and I'm sure you know, but the people that are listening, I hope they realize that there was a survey about your forehand, Matteo, and they compared your forehand to, to Rafael Nadal's forehand. Okay. I think it was at the U.S. Open. Uh, it was at the U.S. Open. Australian Open or U.S. Open. It's as fast as Juan Martin del Potro's in the air, and it has as much spin as Rafael Nadal's forehand. That's the combination that your forehand is. So for me to hear you with the attitude you have means I'm gonna get to watch this forehand for the next 10 years because that stroke is insane and we, we only see these shots once every five or six years. Stamba Rinka's backhand, same thing. Your forehand, the same thing. So I want to say thank you very much. Alex, I'm going to give you the last word to ask Matteo something. You and I are, I, Alex, we're coming to the net. We, it's the last point, match point. Yes. Okay, to thank you for Matteo. All right. If I could give you the chance <laughs> to pick one tournament that you could win in your career, that you would say, please, I want to win this tournament for sure, which one it would be? Yeah. Yeah, this is surf and body to your body, man. You yeah. React. We, in Italy, we would say, Mamma mia, what a question. Um, <laughs> I mean, for if I have to uh, answer from my heart, I think it would be Rome. Yes. Wow. But at the same time, I cannot, I, I cannot pretend that I, I, I don't care about slams. So I would say maybe Wimby. I would say Rome and Wimby. And... Uh, I would like to say thank you guys for having me. Uh, was a, was a really a nice talk. Um, thank you. Was an honor talking with you guys. An honor saying what Mats was saying about my forehand. It's it's crazy. Probably my family when they're gonna hear this conversation, they're gonna pass out. Like <laughs> they used to watch your matches and 
I mean, also you, Alex. It's it's crazy what's happening to me. What what, what we, we were saying before happened. Everything so fast, and I really appreciate what you said. And hopefully, we're gonna have another talk in, in the future. And take care. Sure. Matteo, thank you very thank much. You, Alex, thank you very much. Yes, we are very impressed with your forehand, Matteo. But seriously, <laughs> this the, the your behavior Sorry, Matt, is really what you, is the most impressive, win? and it's going to take you uh, to be really close. Alex, did you ever win Rome? I won in Rome. Yes, yes. I you? won in Rome too. I won in Rome too. So Matteo, for sure, your destiny is to win <laughs> <Okay>. Rome, man. <laughs> okay. Let's Guys, find it. thank you very much, Matteo. Good I luck. So. Be safe. I hope your your practice goes well, Alex. Thank you. We'll see you, you another day soon. Bye. Bye. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed And it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.